This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Coming to you live from a radio tower near you, studying the intersections of video games and science. This is Pokey Science. Hello everyone, Brittany here. Welcome back to Pokey Science Remix, where we will be revisiting some of the past Pokey Science episodes to give you guys kind of an update on what's been going on in the worlds of science and Pokemon. Today we will be visiting Egypt, ancient Egypt, to take a look at culture and religion and how it relates to Pokemon. With me here I have Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, apparently. Um, I don't know how much money we paid him to be here, but sure. Famous for role as the Scorpion King. <laughs> I I just think of wrestling, honestly. But yeah, as far as his acting goes. <laughs> All right, sorry, Madison's here. <laughs> Jared as well. And Ben. All right, welcome, everyone. <laughs> it's a me. Abenio. All right. Delving into Egypt. So we are talking about ancient Egypt and not the current country of Egypt. Ancient Egypt is one of the earliest known civilizations coming into existence around 3100 BC. They are well known for creating art and forms of paintings and sculptures. They also created what may be the first form of communication by way of hieroglyphics, as well as having created forms of measurement and uses usage of mathematics. Art and math are combined, allowing the formation of the famous pyramids that still stand today. I saw this documentary on the History Channel that told me aliens built it. Maybe ancient Egyptians were aliens. Uh, no, that's Stargate. Oh, okay, okay. I, would, wrong, I get confused wrong movie. sometimes. Wrong movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ancient aliens, Stargate. I mean, the lore is so similar. Yeah, uh. I, it really gets scrambled in my brain. It's almost like complete nonsense. <laughs> Jared's shaking his head. He's a diehard Stargate fan, apparently. I, I don't know what Stargate is. So, <gasps> Wait, what? For real? Yeah, for real. I don't know what Stargate is. <laughs> Boy, do we have a movie and six different TV series for you. I'm still honestly always flabbergasted, though, that the pyramids were created. Can you imagine how much manpower went into that and how much thought? I don't know. Wild. I just I just think of the Futurama episode of uh, where they have that. Uh, I just saw it on. It just popped up on TikTok uh, yesterday, and I just saw. I just see Bender just hauling the all the the stones up there. It's like they need robots. They had robots. They were ahead of us all. Yeah, alien robots. So not only was ancient Egypt one of the earliest civilizations, it was also one of the longest lasting, enduring approximately thirty five hundred years. Throughout this time, they were known to have a very rich culture and religion, and today we're going to delve into some of the cultural and religious aspects of ancient Egypt and see how it relates to the world of Pokemon. And I'm going to make mommy jokes the entire time. Mommy jokes. She's making mommy jokes. I don't joke about mommies. It's a very serious matter. Uh, no, but like, you know, I, th I think this is a great topic for our Halloween month, not to be insensitive of uh, you know, ancient cultures and belief systems, but just because I, I think especially the way that Egyptian uh, 
mythos has become and been such a strong part of like the horror genre that I think it's such a great fit for this month. And Moon Knight. <laughs> but that that is not even remotely tied. In, I mean, like, you know, it's tied into the mythos, but not actual Egyptian culture, obviously. Kind of the way that, you know, Heracles shows up in Thor. Spoilers. We are going to start off with Kafagrigus. Kafagrigus? Kafagrigus. 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 Pokemon that is said to swallow people that get too close and turn them into mummies. Speaking of mummies. <laughs> mummies alive. Coughs them right out as a mummy. Just like in the Scorpion King. Featuring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> So Cophagrius is like a combination of coffus, coffin, and sarcophagus. It may also come from the words grim, grief, or egregious. So a sarcophagus is a stone coffin or a container to hold a coffin. Although early sarcophagi were made to hold coffins within, the term has come to refer to any stone coffin that is placed above ground. Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, believed in an afterlife, and the sarcophagus was thought to be the eternal dwelling place to, to those within it every time i think of this pokemon now though i'm like is it the stone coffin that's reanimated or is it like the soul of the person like that's still trapped inside that's actually my pokemon here can it be both it could be both both is good sure it's both it's both because it's not really clear which one it would be yeah that's what i'm saying like i can't like determined i do want to say though i i love this thing and you know we go to the art museum a lot in cleveland because it's, it's free so if you're out here check it out free museum and uh Haley's favorite room is the ancient egyptian room just just look at the sarcophagi so every time we're up there we spend like a good like 20 minutes looking at all the sarcophagi i mean they are amazing it's when you think about like in terms of how old they actually are and that they like withstood so much time and still look beautiful meanwhile roads in ohio only last about two years two years they last about six months see yeah so, <laughs> so that's about the same as pennsylvania roads so. <laughs> you get one half of a winner and they're done for <laughs> I, I think not only that too the way that they're utilized to tell you know the details of the lives of those who are inside. I think that's one of the things I, I, I just enjoy the most that almost like that. I feel like it's kind of like when you think of like a tombstone for someone, but it's like richer, like you get to tell more of the story. Yeah, like a like, eulogy. Yeah, it's, it is like a eulogy of the end of someone's or like entire life. But like a, a material one. Yeah. Physical or material. It's a eulogy. physical eulogy. Mm hmm. It's a, it's an obituary. That's it. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, side note though. So I know that there have been not sarcophagi, but same relation. Uh, there have been some, uh, burials, I guess is the right word or, 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 uh, coffins. I don't know the exact right word to phrase it here. But where there are markings of uh, either like of what appears to be same sex coupling. And there's really no, uh, there's no, I do know this part. There's no 
documentation within any of anything that's been was written in ancient Egypt uh, prohibiting it, like same sex relations in any way or form, or like even talking about it. But also, you know, we could just they were good roommates. He, he they mates. were best friends. Two mates. <laughs> Two mates. <laughs> they were roommates. But yes. They had to have been from the future. They're not even ancient. Aliens from the future that know better than us. Why are you ex- describing Stargate here? Jared hasn't seen the movie. I'm sorry. We want Jared to go back and watch this movie now. But then he'll have like reference points. So we're going to move along to Unknown. They are in both Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Heart Gold. It's said that Unknown that their shapes look like hieroglyphs on ancient tablets. It's said that the two are somehow related, not the different generations of Pokemon, but hieroglyphs and tablets and, you know. So Egyptian hieroglyphs are one of the oldest known written languages with the first known text dating back to 3200 BC. The name hieroglyphs comes from the Greek, actually. Hiero meaning holy and glypho for writing. Ancient Egyptians also believe that their writing came from the gods, so it is very fitting and referred to it as Medu Nijir, but it means the gods' words. As with many ancient texts, the ability to read Egyptian hieroglyphs was lost for several centuries, and it wasn't until 1820. Jean-Francois Champollion, my French is terrible, with the help of the famous Rosetta Stone. So there was like a huge gap in period of time where they meant nothing. Like hieroglyphs, I mean, obviously they meant something, but to the outside world, meant nothing. I think that always fascinates me that there's just languages that we have no idea what they mean that takes, and you just see these things, you're just like, what does this mean? We have no idea, and it takes ages to figure out what they actually are. Yeah. And just like the fact that there was probably a huge period of time where people were just like, oh, look at these pretty pictures. And then it was like, oh, wait, oh, wait, they were telling us a whole story here. And don't you feel like that's going to happen in the future with our current age? Yeah. I mean, like kids already can't read cursive. So (laughs) I, I don't think it's a big stretch. And we speak in memes so often, like we're going to have some hard work for our future historians. I'm yeah, sorry. they're going to be like, wait a second. Is this all the same language? <laughs> like all the short text and everything. Ugh, so rough. We're, we're making it rough. Well, I mean, it's not like, you know, hieroglyphs didn't change throughout the, you know, the, the span, the entire, you know, length of time of, you know, the, the ancient Egyptian empire. No, they only spoke one one language and only had one set of hieroglyphs with one meaning. Sorry. It's <laughs> just how it is. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, language is constantly evolving, though, because I like to point that out when people are like, you just made up that word. And you're like, all words are made up. Like, <laughs> They're literally what... all made up. <laughs> you made Why up that word. Why do you think word? they keep having to yeah. update the encyclopedia? The dictionary, I used the wrong word. Words are once again difficult. <laughs> we knew what you meant. <laughs> you know what is not made up is the origin of Sogaleo, which this is interesting to me because I didn't realize Sogaleo had an Egyptian connection. Um, 
So this is new information. Um, so Sogaleo, box art legendary from Gen 7, Sun and Moon, um, is connected to the Eye of Ra. Um, so as the emissary of the sun rather than a personification of the sun, which is interesting. Um, it also has the ability to pass through different dimensions. Um, Sogaleo might be inspired from the Eye of Ra, which is a goddess usually described as a lion that is the protector of the sun in Egyptian mythology as it travels through the underworld. So the Eye of Ra or the Eye of Re, um, R-A or R-E are correct spellings, um, is a being in ancient Egyptian mythology and it functions as the feminine counterpart to the sun god Ra, which I think I was more familiar with and probably some of our listeners are more familiar with the masculine god Ra. Um, but this is his feminine counterpart, and she is portrayed as a violent force that subdues Ra's enemies. Um, so the eye is an extension of his power, equated with the disk of the sun, um, but often behaves as independent. Um, so the eye goddess acts as mother, sibling, uh, daughter of the sun, go- sun god, and consort. Um, she is his partner in the creative cycle in which he begets the renewed form of himself that is born at dawn. Very interesting. Um, and the eye's violent aspects defends Ra against the agents of disorder and chaos that might threaten his rule uh, and very often represented by a lioness. Uh, so that's where like Sogaleo's lion uh, design comes into play. Um, and so the eye of Ra was involved in many areas of ancient Egyptian religion. Um, its life-giving power was celebrated in temple rituals and its dangerous aspects were invoked in the protection of the Pharaoh, in the protection of sacred places and in protecting ordinary people and their homes as well. Um, it's interesting because as the emissary of the sun and not a personification that might explain why Sogaleo is not fire type, but is actually steel and psychic. Because I know a lot of people are like, why isn't he fire? He's the sun. This might be why. It's not the sun. No. Not at all. But also, I think it's amazing that I feel like the Eye of Ra just sounds like the most interesting goddess to me. Just because it's like, she is violence, but also she's here to protect your house. And I love it. She is violence and she is grace. (laughs) But I also think it's super fitting because it seems like she's like the the feminine counterpart is kind of like the fighting protector one. So it makes sense that she would be, you know, your Pokemon. Mm-hmm. She will protect you in battle. And she'll protect your tomb. <laughs> you think we're going to start having tombs in the next game? <laughs> Nothing says family friendly like having to design your own tomb. Can we bedazzle it? Could we? Like- <laughs> it's like it's like the underground. Uh-huh. <laughs> so get rid of those secret bases. Get rid of all that. It's secret coffin time. This is where you go to sleep. Let me just let me just. Li- I'm already exhausted from the day, but let me lift this you know stone top so I can hop in my tomb. Well, we're, we're all going to be vampires. I'm still exhausted. Just because I have the physical strength to do it doesn't mean I'm not exhausted. Because adventure time confirmed. <laughs> just... Sorry, I just I literally just finished Fiona and Cake the other day. So like I have been adventure time obsessed. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Sobek, who we are going to talk about having connections to uh, Croc Rock, who is obviously one of my one of my faves. I, I do love Croc Rock. Uh, so... 
Well, crocodile seems to be based on a crocodile, you know, specifically a slender sounded crocodile or the Nile crocodile. And I know like on Lyle's lessons, the I think it was the first episode, we talked about it also being connected possibly to a gharial. I like gharials. They're cool. But its eyes, its pose, and the stripes kind of make it sim- uh, look kind of criminal. Maybe, you know, that dark typing. Who It could be a reference to Sobek, uh, you know, a, a crocodile deity who is associated with violence. I don't know. And I, I, I feel like uh, Bulbapedia might have led us astray here. I, I, I don't remember Sobek being related to robbery. Yeah, I didn't actually find anything else about Sobek being robbing. No, because like Sobek is uh, portrayed, uh, well, violent uh, as a good deity. So, you know, it's it's one of the times, and I think we, we talked about this too on the uh, Anoli episode, that there are definitely times where uh, it's hard sometimes with, with some of the mythos or folklore to you know, double checking because sometimes, you know, nerds get it wrong. <laughs> no way. Uh, oh. Anyway, so Sobek's the god of the Nile and uh, he controls the waters, uh, sometimes related to like fertility of the soil, you know, had lots of different titles, Lord of the Waters, you know, the Rager, Lord of, uh, I think it's Fayum, is how you say yeah, that? I believe so. Uh, also a patron of the military because of his strength, power, and prowess. Uh, like his characteristics, he's known for being like uh, stealthy and quiet, and you know having the ability to kind of sneak up, which kind of matches you know a crocodile. It also matches the whole aspect of kind of like the Nile River, like could have like a nice gentle time, and then it you know starts raging. Something to kind of have to be careful around and watch out for. And hippos. Don't go near the hippos, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching, like, I forget what it was, but it was a scary movie. And this was it Congo? Man. Was it uh, Congo? No, it wasn't. But this this one hippo lived on this person's like land and like was okay with him and like settled him down. So they like went across the water and then this hippo just like, yeah, hippos are scary for sure. I, uh, but anyways, you know, I. Uh, I I liked uh, and I was reading about that too that there are there were regions uh, in uh, the ancient e- Egypt where uh, there were collections of people that worshipped Sobek that essentially you know there was a I guess, I mean I guess it is what's it Fayum is the right way to say that I hope known as land of the lake where various people that did worship Sobek, I, you know, like towns and stuff developed around that, that, uh, I can't think of words tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, congregation. They congregated in that area. Yeah, they congregated and then towns formed that were then, uh, you know, kind of worshiping Sobek. So, uh, yeah. And I guess there's, there was even uh, mummified crocodiles, which is kind of cool. No, Fayum, it was like, said that there was a time period where they had a sacred live crocodile that people could come to and it was supposed to be the reinc- like the incarnated version of the god I I would not go anywhere near a Nile crocodile if you paid me um, well he's loved and feared so they 
you know, we're probably <laughs> taking that aspect when they're going to, to see him. Uh, there's a crocodile, and I know all of you will, will get to see it at the wedding. Uh, there's a crocodile at the Toledo Zoo that's like a good like 22 feet tall, 22 feet long, sorry. Uh, that thing is like massive, and I do not want to get near one of those. I'm good. That's so cool. It, it is. It is so big. I, yeah. I, I like how you talked about. I just thought, of, just thinking about that though. I just had this thought because they had a Phillies game in, uh, of course, Philadelphia. The baseball game. They turned away a guy with an emotional uh, support alligator named Wally. <gasps> you can see the pictures and stuff, and it's it is hilarious to see an emotional support alligator. I mean. Maybe he likes cuddles. Maybe the guy is very shy and reserved and he needs his counterpart that is wild and not reserved. Uh, anyway, though, I, I do love I do love any, you know, any references we have with Crock Rock. So I'm happy, you know, to see Sobek and, and ties a Sobek here in in the Pokemon games for sure. I mean, especially because uh, Crocodile having that intimidating ability, you know, being very fierce and, you know, very, uh, very aggressive as a, as a mon. Yay, crocodiles. Crocodiles. All right. Switching from crocodiles, let's go talk about Yamas, the concept of a soul. So Yamas may be based on Egyptian ba or a person's soul, typically depicted as a bird with a human head or... Sweat. I don't. I'm gonna go with that. Sorry for butchering that. Or the shadow or silhouette of a person's soul, both appearing after the person's death. Its overall body shape is similar to the eye of Horus. The mask on its tail is likely a death mask. Death mask. Can I just point out really quick that so just like the eye of Ra, the eye of Horus is also a feminine counterpart. I feel like people don't always realize that they're like two separate, like Horus and the Eye of Horus are not the same. They're actually two separate beings. That's really cool. I didn't think about it because I've heard a lot about Eye of like Horus, of course, because Horus is one of the premier Egyptian uh, gods. And But never thought about like the Eye of the, the, eye of the female counterpart to it. No, they are. They're very sim- like the Eye of Ra and the Eye of Horus kind of both serve that same feminine counterpart. According to ancient Egyptian creation myths, the god Atum created the world out of chaos, using his own magic. Because the earth was created with magic, Egyptians believed that the world was endued with magic, and so was every living thing upon it. When humans were created, that magic took the form of the soul, an internal force which resided in and with every human. The concept of the soul and the parts which encompass it has varied from the old kingdom to the new kingdom at times changing from one dynasty to another, from five parts to more. Most ancient Egyptian funerary texts reference numerous parts of the soul. Yeah, this part was kind of difficult because throughout, obviously we talked about how lengthy the ancient Egyptian kind of civilization was. And they I've seen anywhere from like five, three, actually I've seen as little as three parts to the soul and as much, many as like nine parts to the soul throughout time so but ba was one that was one of the main portions that were seen throughout time one of those is consistent parts and you see that with but you see that with a lot of other mythologies as well like the 
things change over time depending on the generations when you have a mythos that lasts it lasts for so long and a civilization that lasts for so long things are always gonna change which you're always gonna find the ba was seen as a human-headed bird hovering over the deceased or exiting the tome in the hieroglyphics and was part of the soul that could travel between the worlds of the living and the dead during the age of the pyramids it was believed only the king had a ba the word ba was similar to the word ram and was associated with strength and power in later periods of Egyptian history, it was believed every person had a ba. The ba also required food to move and survive in the afterworld. So I guess that kind of makes sense, though, with why it's the pre-evolution of Kafagrigus. It might give that kind of a little bit of an answer to, if is Kafagrigus the soul? Is like is it a soul that's in the coffin already, or is it the, from a soul that they've already trapped? I feel like more it's the soul of the person that was in it from the... Yeah, kind of traveling back and forth, though, too, since they do have that ability, like, the Ba does have that ability. It could be kind of both, like, oh, when you're, when you're, when he gets knocked out, maybe it's because Ba is like, we're done here on this plane. I need to go have a break. I, and I know we talked about this in the ghost episode, uh, and definitely before on this show, but, I mean, Yan Mask's deck entry is very clear and explicit that, like, the mask it carries is its former life and that it looks at it and cries. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Super pleasant. Yes. The mask is, is just like, you know, it's little death mask that was on its tomb. And now it's like, Oh no, I'm thinking about this. Wait, are you masking the, um, Cofagrigus? Like, are they sharing the same bar? Are we going back and forth? Do they all have their like buddy? system pair wait what <laughs> well no it's saying like that it's the bomb we were trying to figure out like if Kofagrigus was you know the person inside or if it was in reincarnated tomb like maybe a mask and Kofagrigus have like they're like that from the same person when they were alive are we traveling back and forth between our, our our pokemon here maybe they all have like a well i mean they are the you know like evolution <laughs> No, I know. I'm just saying, like, maybe, like, you know what I mean? They could be <laughs> My literally Evie has from a the new same. soul now that it's Sylveon. Just traveling back and forth between the two. Everyone has their soulmate. Oh, my gosh. Their bawmate. Their bawmate. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Yamask and a Kofagrigus. You got to find your, your pairing. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, are you saying that the bawmask and Kofagrigus share the same soul i'm saying it, it's a possibility the ba has that ability to travel and it seems like ba is what's kind of powering your mask and Kofagrigus. so maybe once the ba can't move anymore and it needs its food and for its movement that's when it evolves into the Kofagrigus when it finally decides it wants to rest there we go I, gosh i'm out of energy gotta go gotta go get that food they left in that tomb for me or is Kofagrigus like, uh, is it like a mimic? There's lots of questions I have that need answered now. <laughs> is, it, is it a mimic and you don't know is it's a Pokemon? Like you look at it and you think it's like just a sarcophagi and then it like grabs you and pulls you in because I'm pretty sure the text entry talks about that. Could be. That's kind of how it acts in the anime, doesn't it? Pretty yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> and it has the ability mummy, which is that it's essentially wrapping up its opponent. Yeah. It ran out of food. 
I said from black. I had the Pokedex after it just said it was. It said it to swallow those who get too close and turn them into mummies. And then it also likes to eat gold nuggets. Gold nuggets. Likes to do. That's the black. That's the black Pokedex entry. You're supposed to eat golden fries, not golden nuggets. It's kind of fitting though for the whole ancient Egyptian culture though, because you know the tombs were set up with like money and food and all people's old belongings so that they would have them in their afterlife (laughs) yeah uh, definitely uh well and it you know not to go into too much of the you know the ancient geopolitical issues (laughs) but you know like i mean definitely tying into the fact of, of how it's a monarchy so it's a the whole connect you know the whole idea that you know it's not as if everyone in the ancient egyptian world living in that empire was well off or well provided for i mean we know for a fact that you know slavery was a thing and that you mean that's the entire you know the entire jewish story you know the, the whole departure of the jews from egypt so you know we know that it wasn't uh, by far any egalitarianesque, like in any way, shape, or form. And I, I think it does, you know, talking into the treasure thing, make me see kind of parallels right now where we're kind of at, where like you know people are hoarding and trying to hold on to things even after they're gone. And you're like, well, why? Yeah, someone else could could use that. It could benefit the the still living here. I'm still thinking about Jared's theory that Yamask evolves because it's hungry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Munchlax evolves because it ate well. Yeah. Gotta get that nap in. <laughs> food coma. Um, well, speaking we of food coma, <laughs> did you know the rock? <laughs> All right, on to Moltres. <laughs> Uh, okay, yes, we still have a couple more more mons with Egyptian background. Um, this is also one I am learning about for the first time, but we have Moltres, which is potentially based on the Bennu bird. Um, so it seems like Moltres is pulling from all sorts of different cultural firebirds, you know, the phoenix, the Slavic firebird. Um, I know there's another firebird in South American cultural lore, uh, but there is a firebird in Egyptian lore called the Bennu bird. Uh, and so the Greek historian Herodotus reading or writing about Egyptian customs and traditions in the 5th century BC, so like super long time ago, uh, wrote that the people in the city of Heliopolis described the phoenix to him as living for 500 years before dying, uh, resuscitating, building a funerary egg with myrrh for the paternal corpse, and then carrying it to the temple of the sun in Heliopolis. And so his description of the phoenix makes it sound like an eagle with red and gold plumage, uh, reminiscent again of the sun. And the sun shows up quite a bit in ancient Egyptian uh, mythology, clearly. Um, So long after this description, Written by Herodotus, uh, the theme of fire, pyre, ashes, the dying bird, the bird coming back to life, um, ultimately associates with the Greek phoenix. Uh, It continues to develop in Greek tradition. So it's cool how like the Egyptian Bennu bird and the Greek phoenix are kind of like the same 
mythological legend playing off of each other. And it's possible the name Phoenix could be derived from the word Bennu and its rebirth and connections with the sun resemble beliefs about the Bennu. However, the Egyptian sources do not mention a death of the deity. So they are a little bit different from each other. And so what's interesting about Bennu, um, speaking as we were before about the sun and eyes of gods and goddesses, Bennu was a self-created being said to have played a role in the creation of the world. So he was said to be the Ba of the sun deity Ra. So there's a lot going on here. You were just talking about Ba for like 10 minutes with Yamask. Um, It's still present in the origins of Moltres. I also want to point out a lot of people will probably connect all of this mythology to Ho'o as well. But Ho'o is a, it's coming from a different sort of firebird tradition. Um, I would not say that it's connected to the Egyptian one the same way Moltres is. I just always think it's like interesting seeing how like we've talked about it several times on different episodes, how there are a lot of different cultures and customs, but like to see how they kind of all play off of each other and just, you know, the Greek Phoenix and then this Bennu bird, which I'd actually was not aware of before, you know, looking into this are possibly one and the same. Because, you know, especially with, like, the connections of, like, Greek and the Egyptians with, like, going back down to, like, Cleopatra and everything kind of, like, they definitely had a lot of so Cleopatra, there. Cleopatra, not the Greek, that's Romans, because that is, anyone? Well, it's uh, Mark Antony Mark and Antony. Julius Caesar. Yeah. There you go. I know, but uh, it's however, just... however, however, there is a connection there. Uh, just so you're aware, so because uh, ancient Egypt is actually older than ancient Greece, uh, like significantly older, and <clears throat> like there were there are noted interactions, and we have evidence that ancient Greece, uh, ancient Grecians actually did cross the Mediterranean and did trade with ancient Egypt. So there is interactions there, and I I I think that's one of those signs of maybe where possible cultural blends and and you know you see stories kind of transcending cultures and but we know those those interactions happened we know that some grecians even settled in ancient egypt uh and that you know there is evidence that some of egyptian writing uh and literature actually influenced some of the ancient egypt uh ancient grecian writing as well so it's one of those things where like the mediterranean really was a melting pot for like thousands of years and I know, you know, we, we've seen that talking about uh, Paldea as well, you know, that this whole region just f- for such a long period of time was such a melting pot of ideas and stories and, you know, cultures. I say, well, look, you got like, uh, well, they talk about Heliopolis is Helios is the sun god of um, Greek, of ancient Greek mythology, but also Heliopolis is also the sun city where they worship Ra, which makes sense with. Yep. Benno. Yeah. 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 So there are connections for sure. We even see it in the language, which is kind of cool. Again, tying to the fact that languages evolve and change over time. But don't tell that to your local English teacher because they'll get angry. I'm gonna. <laughs> Brittany's, Brittany's like way out Bet. of high school. She's just going to show back up just to tell them that. Uh oh. Here comes the prescriptivist <laughs> language, people. <laughs> so then i guess finally we're going to talk about lucario which is based on the egyptian god of funerals and the dead 
Anubis. Who also shows up in The Mummy 2, The Scorpion King, with The Rock. This entire episode is just about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Lucario, who also has one of the coolest Unite skins out there with the Pharaoh-style Unite skin that they gave him. Aww. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they're playing into this this mythology. That's cool. I gotta say, Unite's got good good designs. (laughs) So, like many Egyptian deities, Anubis assumed different roles in various contexts. Depicted as the protector of graves as early as the First Dynasty, which is 3100 to 2890 BC, Anubis was also an embalmer. One of the, his prominent roles was as a god who ushered souls into the afterlife. He attended the weighing scale during the weighing of the heart, in which it was determined whether a soul would be allowed to enter the realm of the dead. Anubis's role in Egyptian mythology is to judge the hearts of deceased souls based on their actions during their life, resembles Lucario's ability to see a life's form's aura. Got to weigh it against the feather, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really interesting to me again, too, because we were kind of talking about how things kind of, like, go back and forth with different cultures and customs. And I just like how he kind of has, like, Anubis kind of has this, like, wolf head, and then you think about... um Well, it's not a wolf. It's a jackal. Yeah, jackal. But, yeah, but that's a very specific animal. Okay, it's a jackal's head. You ever seen one? Yes, I not in person, but I've seen. They have met Columbus. Do that. Columbus Zoo has jackals. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really pretty. But I, I was just saying, like a dog-like creature, like guarding the underworld, and then when you think of like Hades and his like three-headed dog, like they're still like it's a, you know, canine kind of creature, you know, guarding the underworld. Oh, for sure. It's you know, and then I think. Again, like looking at it, and and, and I and I, not to infringe upon any culture's beliefs or values, but looking at it from a applying the evolutionary theory to cultural development and and seeing how things shape and change over time, like we see that all over the world, where an idea, uh, you know, comes into contact as two cultures meet, and then it's adapted or changed or modified, or you know, kind of shifted for different use. Uh, and it's why, why you know, we see so many commonalities across all sorts of mythos and folklore, for sure. Yeah, I was just trying to make, like, a, a nice, like, secretly we're all kind of, you know, connected here. Even when people don't think they necessarily are, you know. It's true. I'm not connected it's to a crocodile. True. You take that back. Y- <laughs> you love crocodiles. You're absolutely connected to a crocodile. No, take it back. That was a bad bad descriptor there because you love crocodiles okay i'm not connected to Dwayne the rock johnson take it back Dwayne the rock johnson was never a part of this episode to make it clear to everyone he was <laughs> we'd like to thank our sponsors Dwayne the rock johnson oh. <laughs> the mummy <laughs> the mummy two scorpion king the mummy three not the tom cruise one not no. you tom cruise i was gonna say not tom cruise no no, only Brent, only Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yes, we stand for Brendan Fraser. Heck yeah, we need more Brendan Fraser in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I I do want to say though, you know, there's and I I know I didn't make the the cut here, but I uh, definitely Volcarona has connections with Ra as well too. I uh, the sun god, uh, you know, being that that deity there, 
uh, there's all sorts of awesome connections here to, and I know we talked about this, that mythology kind of shows up all over the place in, in Pokemon, you know, things like rings on Umbreon kind of matching the, like the, the looter rings, you know, everything from that to, I mean, we said Helios, he, oh my gosh, I can't say words. It's normally me though. So I'm glad I'm not the only one today. <laughs> my mouth is so dry. It's not even <laughs> funny tonight. <laughs> like I, I definitely need, to, and I drink it. You watched me. I had two drinks while we were here. It is, it is very dry tonight. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's all sorts of things. Uh, I know some people have said things like, you know, Regirock's footprint, kind of having the scarab uh, kind of outmark, out kind of tying into connections that, you know, you find it in like a pyramid kind of thing. Because I feel like Rabska too. Mm-hmm. Which one? The Rabska. It's the um, evolved form of like roller, the one that like rolls the dung oh. beetle around. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. evolved, it has more of a scarab shape. It doesn't actually look like a normal dung beetle. Yeah. No, for sure. And yeah, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that one. Yeah. I, I just thought about it because I was playing Pokemon Showdown earlier and I had one on so my team. There were so many that I came across and we could have sat here and talked about ancient Egypt and Pokemon for probably two hours. Well, why don't we just change the show? That's what we're going to do from now on. The entire show is just us talking about ancient Pokemon. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing now. Okay. You heard it here first. Madison said so. I Well, and then it's going to become a podcast dedicated to The Rock. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to see if I make sure that I get, you know, okay from him. I'm going to start writing him obsessive fan letters like, hello, we need it to be okay to use your likeness in our podcast. That Uh, really has nothing to do with you. Our our executive director is really obsessed with uh, talking about you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Also, they're like things, you know, even Espeon has connections too. Especially because of, you know, the way people talk about having that cat-like structure. And the way cats were regarded in ancient Egypt, too. Highly revered. As yeah. they should be. Except for sand cats. Never get one as a pet. They're awful. Those are from that part of the world, aren't they? I think so. I mean, it would make sense. It's pretty sandy there. I thought so. because they, they. But they look so cute. They are super cute. Uh, they're not from Egypt. I was wrong. <laughs> Where are they from? Oh no! You, I I take it back. I take it back. They are in Egypt. Take it back. There's pockets of them. Uh, mostly the other part of you know the other side of Africa. But I mean, those are great too. I know you know the, those things are. Uh, they will destroy your home, so do not get them as an exotic pet. Not really, not really any exotic pet trade. So I think I'm good. <laughs> You're not looking to buy a peacock. No, or like an anaconda, no. I just get all my my pets from shelters, so I don't think we're going to find any there. Anaconda, a movie not starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so we're not going to talk about it. All right. That is what we have for you today for Ancient Egypt and Pokemon. I appreciate all of you coming here and listening today. If this is your first time, go ahead and you know, give us a subscribe so you can hear more about what we have to say in regards to doing the rock Johnson (laughs) and check out all of the other shows on this amazing podcast. We're here for you. Like doing the rock. Johnson.
We're going to get like a cease and desist. <laughs> I mean, it won't be the first time the pot's gotten one. It's whatever. We'll live. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. We love you. <laughs>